Hi, welcome to the She Do That podcast. My name's Hannah Walker, coordinator at She Do That, and I'll be hosting our Q&A today. I'll be chatting with the brilliant Cheetel Thanky and Hannah Jacobs, following their chat about directing. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode, please hit pause and go check it out now. It's a really lovely chat with two wonderful humans sharing their perspective on directing 2D animations. Now, for this episode, we ask you listeners to send in your questions. We wanted this to be a helpful way to engage with our audience and cover anything you wanted to find out since the last episode. So let's dive in. Please welcome Sheetel and Hannah. Yeah, how have you both been since uh, it's been, what, a year since we last spoke? So lots of new things have happened. Um, yeah, do you want to say hi and just, uh, yeah, maybe keep it get us up to date with what you've been up to uh Sheetal, if you wanted to go first with me yep so hey everyone um i'm back a year later <laughs> um oh yeah i've been a little bit busy i'd say um just working as a lead animator and doing a few more um directing roles um the most exciting thing i got to work on this year was the past year was um, working for um, Tate Kids and got to make a short film about Ye- uh, the artist Yayo Kusama. So that was like super exciting. When that happened, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> what's happening? That was awesome. I mean, was that like your, because the last time we spoke, you just finished your music video that's been doing the festivals. But then, yeah, was that the next, I mean, one music video and then Tate? feels huge yeah Yeah. straight into Tate exactly I was just sort of like oh my god (laughs) was it quite uh yeah how did you feel making the jump from music video to because how long was the Tate the Tate one was just under five minutes Uh, yeah it's quite long yeah yeah that's a chunky (laughs) boy (laughs) (laughs) it was it was overwhelming at times for sure but I just had to like power through because <laughs> I only had three months to make it in so it wasn't like I wasn't I didn't have the same level of attention as say the music video because it had to be of a different kind of yeah and because it was for kids so um, the storytelling was different slow pace um, sort of like simple but engaging was the sort of thing I was trying to go for oh well I can say having seen it it's beautiful it's not simple at all it's so it's so like (laughs) I think you managed to make something like it's all very like clear what's happening but it's like there's so much richness to it it's so good um but yeah and Hannah have you been what have you been up to oh hey so nice to be back with you guys um I've just been, I've had a year of doing freelance bits and bobs here and there and then mostly our short film, Your Mountain is Waiting, has been getting into some festivals, doing the festival run. I like and... the idea of it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just kind of here, a few little festivals here and there, just, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing huge. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, nice, nice lead in. Thanks. Thanks very much. Um then yeah like a couple of weeks ago we had the absolutely bonkers news that we're still i think all in shock over about being shortlisted for a bafta so that's been enormous and yeah just yeah my my mind is blown and i'm incredibly grateful and thankful to our incredible team for getting us to this point oh man i mean that's i mean so so well deserved nomination and when is that when actually is the baftas is it in a Month, it's or? it's actually the 19th of feb which is actually quite soon oh my so, god three weeks yeah couple three of, weeks. yeah so we'll find I out know. in three weeks three weeks time oh. <laughs> <laughs> i think um oh my god that's so exciting i mean you must be quite nervous but but excited still yeah super excited yeah i think the nerves the nerves are real but i think um it's kind of being overridden by pure adrenaline at the moment so <laughs> just absolute joy oh well so well deserved for both of you and actually um 
yeah, to jump straight into questions, uh, we did have a question about your mountainous waiting. Having not done a narrative film before, how did you approach your mountainous waiting? And I think you mentioned on the last episode that, yeah, this was your first narrative piece. Yeah, it was like quite a different approach um, for me. Um, I'm used to kind of working on very short commercial projects for socials usually so yeah literally like you know 30 seconds to a minute and obviously take on like a seven and a half minute film was a completely different beast and I very naively went into it thinking yeah this will this will be fun but um pretty much the same just a little bit longer (laughs) yeah exactly I can't I mean what's what's the difference um so yeah I think I think the difference this time was it was there's a lot of um pre-production and like a lot of development like a lot of time dedicated to development which you just don't have the luxury of on on commercial jobs um because everything is usually to a very tight deadline um so that was that was really nice because there was time to kind of like really iron out the creases and kind of spend time with the story and really think about it The, the main thing for me was obviously you know creating it with a writer and uh harriet gillian who's just amazing and obviously one of my birds and she yeah she it's all absolute hats off to her really because I bought just this this tiny nugget of an idea and she just ran with it and um she's just got such an amazing visual like natural way of storytelling that it just made my side of it very easy really so I think yeah she played a huge role in that and and I think I think our kind of um, working styles complemented each other because where I'm kind of like very led by visuals, like that's kind of how I approach a project. Like I tend to come from like the illustration side and I'll have like quite a strong visual in mind and then kind of see where that leads me. And then, so we got into this nice like kind of natural back and forth where I'd be like kind of feeding Harry drawings and then she'd kind of be sending things back over and ideas and then so so on and so forth and she'd be doing little sketches as well so it was just such a collaborative process from start to end that it yeah I I feel really lucky to have had that support because I think otherwise it would have felt super overwhelming and and I have no idea how to like structure a narrative or any any of that whereas Harry has like tons of experience in that world so man yeah like the idea of like structuring even like writing a script feels massively intimidating so I imagine oh man yeah and I I think the thing I found really difficult was like not just literally interpreting the script like word by word like it took me quite a while to be like oh yeah like it doesn't have to be like the script is there to provide the structure but in animation especially because we didn't have any um uh there was no there was no words to it so there was no dialogue I it, it made it kind of that bit more open to be for interpretation but I think I think the biggest challenge I found was just working with more literal scenes, like where the camera isn't constantly moving, which is kind of my go-to comfort zone, like morphs and and obviously the second half of the film moves into that, but the first half is is quite like stoic and still and um yeah, that was just like a different it's almost like uh live action in a way. And I I, I found that quite difficult because I was like, but, but where's, where's the madness? Like, where's the animation? Like, where's the mad? Like, yeah. So it was just a kind of different, using kind of a different part of my brain for animation that I hadn't really gone to before. But again, it was just, it was working with Harry that made that much easier. Yeah, I guess so often you go really abstract with animation because you can. And the idea of having like, oh, we'll just have this person walking around and doing normal human things. Yeah, it just, it, that felt more surreal to me to like just have someone like in their apartment or walking down a street and I was like yeah for, whereas I'm like but where's the abstract beauty in the shots but yeah so yeah it was it was definitely a new a new approach for me but but a really good one I think it was it was interesting and challenging oh that's great and I think um you mentioned in the last episode that you you had actually been looking to do more collaborative things um, in general so having Harriet that was that like a nice change of pace to be able to sort of share this thing with her yeah absolutely and as I said we it was so um it really was it came from you know the film was co-created but so it felt like 
from the word go, we were in it together. And and along with our producer, Zoe, who was like, we worked super closely with from, from the start as well. So it really did feel like we were all a little team working together and troubleshooting things and bringing different things to the table. So yeah, I, I absolutely love that, that side of it. Oh man, that must be so nice. Actually being able to ask another <laughs> human like, how is this? Is this a thing? Help, yeah, please help. Yeah, it's nice not just be sitting in a room staring into the abyss on your own. So that, it made a pleasant change of pace. I, I, I like the sound of that. I feel like I should collaborate more now. That sounds really good. Um, but yeah, just thinking on that sort of um, that first question about uh, yeah, going that being your first narrative. Like Sheetal, you've been you know you last year did your first music video and then sort of were doing the film and I think have since then done other commercials or like more narrative pieces. How's, how have you found that? Have you approached them sort of differently than you did the music video? Um, yes. So it's sort of like, I feel like when you're doing a music video for like a small artist or someone more independent, you kind of have more creative input. Whereas like to more like commercial stuff, you kind of like, everything you can't do is given to you first and then you're sort of like trying to navigate what you can do and yeah a lot of boundaries put up pretty early yeah exactly yeah so it's sort of like okay okay kind of like playing around kind of trying things and just also um, doing more commercial stuff. I find you just like working on bigger teams. Everyone's got a role. So then you're not like doing everything yourself, which is what I was used to doing when I'm working on more kind of smaller independent stuff. So it's sort of like, it's like, it's so much nicer working with a storyboarder than having to do it all yourself. Can you, yeah. Yeah, is that stuff like stuff that you perhaps feel less confident in yeah than mainly because i absolutely hate storyboarding so having another person who's amazing you're like yes you take this i yeah. will just sit here and look at how nice you've done so it so for example it's sort of like what they can do in two days will take me two weeks <laughs> and because i've gone and pretty much animated everything on like eights and sixteens or something while well, they're just sort of like no you just do this and you're like wow <laughs> so yeah it's sort of it's yeah and also like being working with a designer as well and you just sort of like their skill level there's a reason why they do this for their day job day in day out whereas it's sort of like I enjoy making style frames but I can't do what a full-time designer can do I'm just sort of yeah just seeing an extremely polished version of something that's small and independent yeah does that mean then that you when you say you're working with design it's just because I've not really worked with designers before and so is it would you kind of create a style that they then sort of imitate imitate yeah Yeah. or is it that they you choose them because of their style kind of a little bit of both yeah so it's like we went with this designer for this particular project um because sort of the, because they want I think the client wanted something graphic and sort of like playing with proportions and stuff whereas like uh, that's not like my natural go-to so we're working with this designer because yeah they've just got like a nice aesthetic so if I gave her a sketch she would do it in her own style and yeah and sort of like I would give like a colour palette as well and then you just sort of like go ooh look at that yeah. <laughs> yeah, that must be so satisfying like handing over yeah. a rough sketch and it coming back like polished yeah. like what the this is amazing yeah because like again like something that would take me like two or three days like they're able to do in one day so you're just sort of like a time scale of having all this like expert on hand yeah yeah, it is kind of mad that we're like, I think when you're working on your own directing and then you have the comparison of working with a team, you suddenly do realise how bonkers it is that you you are wearing about 15 different hats across any one day and, and how, um, yeah, and how you're like, you know, obviously 
you're you're not always playing to your strengths at every single one of those roles because obviously you can't be amazing at you know every every single part of animation the animation process but yeah it is I think it's a weird thing to get your head around as well when I, I don't know about you Shita but like I basically was like oh I kind of feel bad that I'm not doing every single role when um like I should I should be like storyboarding or I should be this and when actually if you sort of accept that and you're like oh yeah this person is amazing at their job like of course I want this person storyboarding because it's going to make the amplify everything about the, the the film but no that makes sense I mean, is there um this may sound like a strange question is there like do you feel less ownership over some a project when you're working with like a storyboard artist or a different designer just like i'm just curious because it's like um having worked on something that's wholly like you're in every little part of it is it suddenly feels a bit disconnected when you have all these other people working with you if that makes sense it doesn't it doesn't because like it it does initially to begin with but once you kind of like come to terms with the idea like hannah said um, you just sort of like everyone's like yeah i don't know it becomes like everyone's baby and kind of it kind of grows in a nice organic way as well like everyone's getting on everyone's sort of like helping the project become the best version of itself so it's like as long as you can kind of see the end picture of how it's going to look and it's not like well this isn't my work this isn't yeah so no you just kind of yeah so nice to have like a that like really collaborative coming together of all these skills yeah. to make something beautiful <laughs> yeah I think I prefer it yeah. I, pref- I think I much prefer that way of working because also that's how you create the more, more interesting work because everyone's bringing their amazing like skill set to the project or like their amazing vision and you kind of have your way of working and then someone else could be like oh we could do this and and you're like oh man yeah I, that that's such a great idea and it's yeah I think yeah, why why wouldn't you want to want to work work with people like that and be open to that? Really, that's such a lovely like. That must be so nice to be to sort of have these like natural surprises that grow out of what can be a very like you know because animation can be quite structured because you're like you know we've got this amount of time to do it in we've got the animatic just you know dot 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 but being able to yeah have those moments of surprise must like really yeah make it thrilling. Yeah. Much more thrilling than crying alone in a room trying to do it all yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's sort of like the the time frame I'm on right now is like three months on this project. And say for the Tate film, that was three months. And I did like so much of it by myself. I had one animator at the end. And so to being on this and it's the same time frame, I'm only making a one minute film. And there's like so many people involved. I can't believe you did the uh, Tate with one other animator, mate. That's bananas. How did I don't even know how? I don't even know how. How is possible? <laughs> You're she's like a, blocked she's out. She's a machine. She's an absolute <laughs> machine. Because <laughs> weren't you working on other yeah, jobs at that time as well? Because the pay wasn't oh, ma'am. great, so I was like, right. <laughs> I need to keep working. This is the often the way. Yeah. This this is this is how I found it when I was an, directing completely solo that you end up having to take on more jobs because those those job independent jobs are wonderful because they're so creative and you know you you know you're fa- thankful to have work but at the same time you have to take on so much yeah. of it you're becoming stretched thinner and thinner across projects it feels less and less manageable I think. Um, it was it was a tough so, yeah, time. Perhaps, hats off I'm glad, I'm glad I survived it <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that it's something you can talk about in the past yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> there's there's a fear behind the eyes it's definitely a glint of fear there um but yeah actually we had a, another question for you Sheetal about um supervising and leading and whether that prepared you for directing because I think you mentioned that you were the supervisor at Gumball, wasn't it? And then leading, I mean, you've led loads of other commercial projects. So then like, yeah, now directing, has that 
helped you at all or do you feel like it's something you didn't necessarily need I think it's definitely helped me yeah because it's sort of I think over the years you've just sort of like retain all this information and then you're just sort of like oh it just yeah I think sort of like directing animation is probably the kind of thing that comes most easiest to me in terms of yeah from like from the years of experience I've had or it's like um, it's not necessarily even just me supervising or leading but like watching other people or learning from other people as well like learning from like who's leading me yeah that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're you're seeing how other people manage that you and the people around you and what you want to take and not take from those exactly so it's like yeah from over the years just sort of nuggets of information but it's like you don't even know you're aware of that you're doing it but it's just sort of like entering your psyche just absorbing it all I mean it must be nice as well like similar I think probably for Hannah like you have animation skills that you like know are solid so then it's like you can that part isn't a worry when you're directing and like yeah I feel like Hannah you've got like your design skills are so on point it's like I don't need to worry about that that's done and like having it must be nice to have like something that you feel much more confident in when it comes to like directing possibly yeah definitely I think it makes a mad difference and I think it takes a while to figure out what that is for uh, yeah I think every director is different like you like you say animation is definitely not my strength but (laughs) (laughs) I do love it (laughs) okay we do have another question um and that is how do you find animators just just scream out the window (laughs) and hope that they run down the street towards me there's there's only about five animators so it's quite if they live in your catchment area that works yeah exactly i mean i guess for you hannah like is it that the producer finds all the animators i imagine this is somebody who's asking this is probably either university graduate or somebody who's like looking to work with you guys in the future i mean as she drew that was definitely a massive uh, uh source for finding animators <laughs> and i'm not just saying that because i'm on your podcast <laughs> but um uh yeah no i mean that is literally where i met most of the animators and directors that i know now i think coming an independent director where i was just working on my own i really didn't <laughs> i didn't interact with anyone but i definitely did interact with animators and um so I didn't, I, I kind of, that whole pool that you get to know once you're kind of networking and in, in through that door is is kind of less available to you. So, but yeah, I think I think working at um, Strange Beast obviously opened up that door as well. But um, yeah, I think, I think events and anything, festivals is also a great place to meet other animators and directors and I feel like uh, animators are usually quite friendly. Um, like and like even on Instagram, I feel like people kind of know each other's work without necessarily knowing knowing each other. Um, yeah, which there's a, definitely a community, I think, um, which is, and it feels like a really supportive one. So it feels quite easy to kind of reach out to people and be like, "Hey, I love your work. Like, you know, would you like to work together?" Oh, that's good. Shita, are you, is that a similar similar for you? Do you reckon? Yeah. Uh, yeah like using instagram um just like the people you've worked with over the years so if like producers like oh here's a list of names uh, you know and, and you can kind of be like oh can i work with this person or this person just sort of like yeah trying to put people forward who might not necessarily like sometimes i find studios will stick to their own kind of the same people and you're trying to push other people in well I'm trying to oh that's great yeah I found that at studios it's like you that's the same sort of group and then sometimes like one or two change but it's like often a similar crowd yeah you're like there are other animators guys but I imagine as well it's hard when you know the level of um those animators to then like you know it's especially with tight deadlines and tight budgets yeah trusting a whole new person can be a bit intimidating and I th- I think once you like know a couple of animators as well like I often will ask 
will reach out and ask other animators uh, if they're if they're not free for a job they usually end up recommending someone that they think will be a good fit or like if I sort of describe the scope of the project they they might say oh this person would be awesome at that and well that's great so animators should keep chatting and meeting more people um actually on the note of animators we did have a question on how do you choose which shots to assign to different animators i don't know (laughs) (laughs) harrowing silence (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um i imagine it's like um if one animator has like a style of work that fits the shot like if you know it's a lot of character animation or a lot of like abstract animation yeah I'd say that's basically the case for me certainly like you get to know how I always I think for me I always want the animator to well I, I always hope that the animator will kind of enjoy I want them to kind of enjoy what they're working on and like if it's if it's like a jarring fit for the animator and the, the, the scene that you're giving to them it's just it's not yeah you kind of it's kind of not conducive to a having a really nice shot finished and b having like a nice work environment for people to enjoy what they're doing so on the whole I guess that's what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking oh who would be good for this shot who would be good for this shot but obviously that can't always be the case but and I think from looking at people's reels you can kind of get a sense like I mean we all know that you're like insane at morphing things so that's why we love you with the morph stuff (laughs) I love morphing. I hate walk cycles. <laughs> and she does amazing with characters and like the nuances of characters. So like I always know that yeah, <laughs> whether she likes it or not. She's, <laughs> she's so like, yeah, another character thing. Yeah, she's like cool, 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 cool. Thanks. Yeah, no, I totally agree in terms of like playing to people's like strengths and yeah, and it's just sort of I feel like. I've been lucky over the years of just like working with a variety of people so you kind of get a good gist of how everyone's going to be. That must be, yeah, I mean that's like, must be great having the experience of working with lots of animators. I mean because you're always going to work with loads of animators being an animator, like seeing what they're up to, like oh, getting like more of a sense of it I imagine. And even like with cleanup artists as well, you just sort of like, you've worked with like so many and you just sort of like you almost want to kind of help them in a way it's kind of like being like do you want to animate or do you want to like continue staying clean because you're really good at cleanup but yeah you're just sort of like trying to help build that bridge to kind of like come on over if you want to <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've just got an image of you on the other side of the lake, like, <laughs> just <laughs> jauntily waving. Um, no, I think that's amazing, though, because it's so often I feel like people can get stuck in roles that they don't necessarily like just because they're actually, like, you know, really good at them. And they're like, yeah, this isn't really my thing, though. It's like, but you're so good. And it's hard to, yeah, like, break free of that. But, um, but that's great, though. Is this your way of telling me that? You don't want to do morphs anymore. <laughs> it's really hard to break through that. Another <laughs> morph. Oh you, you can tell me at school. Um, no, please never give me anything other than morphs. <laughs> I'll probably just start crying or just be very quiet. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, shall we jump on to another question? So we have a question about how different do you find directing now from when you first started? I know that's not been as long for you, Sheetal, but has it been quite a jump like a quite a big learning curve like from the first music video to like a year later doing like um a few commercials and short films um i think tate's short film right yeah it feels like it felt like like a feature length (laughs) (laughs) um it does i think like when for example with the music video i just felt like oh we've got nothing to lose let's just have fun whereas with like more recent projects you're like oh I've got to do a good job oh okay this is like I feel like the pressure of yeah performing is not performing but producing work and to the caliber that's sort of required is is, yeah and just yeah to speak to what um she tells saying about 
or maybe you weren't quite saying this, but the the sort of pressure that I feel like the more jobs you do, the more eyes are on you. They the more the expectation is sort of higher. And yeah, like I guess and I guess the thing that you originally kind of getting work from where you're kind of being playful and you know, not overthinking things becomes harder to 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 kind of naturally pull out of yourself in it a way is, because yeah. <laughs> the the pressure comes up and then yeah it's just absolute creative block sometimes um I mean I remember just being like no one's gonna see this and not I really just didn't think about it I didn't overthink it and I wish I could it's really hard to go back to that place I think and it's like a it's a, a weird curse and a blessing <laughs> because you're like I'm so thankful and grateful to be in this position and that I'm getting this work but it's very hard to kind of un yeah go back to that sort of more creative creatively free place yeah totally totally agree <laughs> <laughs> but no that's that's really interesting I never I'd never thought about it like that before and I guess the more directing jobs you do the scope of the project like she tells that it cha- it changes like your role does change a bit I think you're kind of steering the ship more rather than kind of yeah do- doing more of the kind of like all, all the sort of development work so much um so yeah you kind of adapt and change to that which is also great because it, it kind of builds you know you feel like a stronger director because your focus is able to be more on that role rather than kind of sp- spread thin across lots of different things um wearing less hats just yeah totally yeah. just got it's like the russian doll of hats <laughs> is <laughs> coming off one by one Oh man, well, that's that's something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Where you're we? welcome. <laughs> um, so, so, sorry, all I can think about is just this uh, crushing amount of hats that's on is on uh, on directors just starting out, and yeah, I mean, actually, that goes well into our next question of what is the benefit of being signed? I guess wearing less hats <laughs> is one. Yeah. A hundred percent, yeah. Just the support, like the support of having a producer and a team and not having to be the person negotiating a fee, not having to yeah, negotiate the crew, um, yeah, having having kind of the expertise of many people around you, um, who know the industry inside out and and obviously I guess this the scale of clients that agencies have access to that you you might land every so often independently but in my experience much harder and yeah so those those projects come along more frequently I'd say with once you're signed having realistic schedules oh yeah yeah definitely and someone who's checking on that schedule even even if you're like no no that's fine it's fine it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine like having someone kind of be like is that enough time like (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, that sounds dreamy. I mean, that just sounds... I mean, it just sounds like, yeah, like, less pressure on you to be sort of doing everything and and kind of having someone to soundboard, like, oh, is this okay? Maybe not. Maybe we should, like, rearrange this so it it works better and is effective for everyone. Yeah, I think this kind of came up because um, I know a few people weren't sure about or like had been signed and didn't realize that it sort of doesn't change everything all at once um and I think they were expecting you know well a few people were expecting like to just be inundated with work and it's more them them then choosing what to turn down because of all of this stuff happening and I think um from my perspective being signed is like another person sort of promoting you and like being out there for opportunities but maybe not necessarily it doesn't it's not I don't know it doesn't change everything all at once I don't know what you guys think about that as as directors no I I, I mean yeah I'd 100% agree with that I think even if you're assigned to an agency you're still you're still that agency is still operating in the same landscape as we're all operating in as freelancers so whatever's happening in the animation industry is kind of happening whether you're signed or not um so if there's a surge in like 3d work then you know like 
last year I had a very quiet year of 2D work and I know a lot of a lot of directors that did as well because there just wasn't that pool of work and then the, you know so many factors influence that like the economy and people not wanting to spend money on on you know or or kind of there being fewer projects with bigger budgets but then those projects uh there's there's fewer kind of mouths to feed in a way uh so it's not I don't think it's straightforward and I definitely don't think I think I came into being signed thinking this is like the be all and end all like once you're signed that's it like you you know you just sit back and yeah wait wait for the jobs to to roll in and whilst it is amazing to have you know of of course that happens for lots of people and but there I'd I'd say to be realistic that there are still peaks and troughs um and kind of to make sure that if you're signed that maybe there's like also room for you to take still take on freelance work for those quieter moments like that I think that would be my like main advice being able to be an animator as well as directing is it yeah or just kind of knowing that you're not stuck like you can only work for the company that you're signed to and otherwise there's nothing you know because it just means that in those quiet moments you can be kind of plugging your showreel or you know, taking on animation work or illustration work or what it, whatever it is around. Yeah, just to balance it out. Oh, that makes sense. Also, I imagine as well, it's like helpful for you as a creative person to be in other studios or working on briefs, like if you're, say, for instance, illustrating rather than like animation directing to like have that like uh, exposure for your brain for something different. It might spark, you know, more creativity um, for you as a whole. But how about you, Shitao? I mean, you are not currently signed. I mean, I imagine many people are chomping at the bit because you're amazing. Um, but is that something that you... Yeah, how how do you feel about uh, being signed? I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I ju- Very but... personal question I just asked you. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, at the moment, it doesn't feel realistic, as in that's what's going to happen, or if that's a possibility. So... I feel like yeah yeah she's crazy she's crazy <laughs> so I just I'm just sort of enjoying enjoying the projects that I'm getting and just making the most of them because it's like I always feel like you just never know when it's when it's going to end <laughs> is it like yeah you're just sort of like is this forever or is this just for now it's hard to kind of gauge because like like styles constantly changing in the kind of industry you know one minute it's 3d the next minute it's 2d now there's like the surge in um stop motion motion. so it's sort of like yeah yeah i mean would you would you guys ever direct or choose to direct in anything other than 2d like if an opportunity came about or is it 2d forever i think i'd just be rubbish at at I mean, I would if I could, but... <laughs> I'd be intrigued. I'd be intrigued to try a different medium. As in, like, if it's purely, like, animation direction or just direction, I'd be curious to see how I'd be. Because it's like, when it's 2D animation, because in my brain I know what to do, so then it's easier to tell somebody what to do. But then if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to struggle to tell somebody. Yeah, that means. Yeah. But I guess if, especially in 3D, I imagine you'd have like a technical, some 3D superhero that you go, so I think this, is that possible in 3D? Yeah, I I think this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Whereas I feel like, yeah, maybe, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, if if that's possible in stop motion. Although Katie Wang's jumped from... Yeah. uh, 2D to stop motion. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. absolutely smashing it. Yeah, like I was just like, how are you this good? What? But she's she's amazing at so I feel like whatever she puts her like hand to, yeah. whatever the saying is, um, it just um, yeah, it's it just is amazing. She's just she's a rare gift. <laughs> oh yeah, so we did have a question on again personal question potentially um but do you have a day rate or do you do a project rate four grand a day four <laughs> grand a day, four grand a day. <laughs> Ooh, okay yeah. things have, things have changed no, I, I, I work for free now <laughs> but yeah do, do companies or studios ask you for a day rate or do they sort of 
picture, project rate, and that kind of, yeah, how does that work for you guys? Project rate. It's usually like a project rate that you try to negotiate. Yeah, it'd be great to have a day rate, but no, project rate. Yeah, I mean, if people did have a day rate, I'm curious whether, because if stuff keeps going on and on and on, then you're like, wow, okay. Thank yeah, you. I, Do you have yeah, I think notes? as directors, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep it coming. Um, yeah, I think as a director, you tend to, there tends to be a project flat fee and then animators would be hired on a, yeah, on a day rate, which is maybe more kind of the norm. Very open to a day rate if anyone yeah. wants to go down that path. That would be dreamy. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think often because animation projects obviously go on for quite a long time, I don't think a day rate would would work. Sweet. Okay. And then we have two more questions if you guys have time. Yeah. So how do you find clients? Like, for instance, how did uh, the Tate approach you? She tell was that did they approach you or did you approach them? Is that um, they approached me and they said my name was on a list. I don't know what this that list sounds, is. That sounds terrifying. Oh, that <laughs> sounds so <laughs> ominous. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're on our list, okay? <laughs> that was the end yeah. of the email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yours truly, the tape. <laughs> oh, God, what does it mean? <laughs> so get on this yeah. ominous list get and on then. List. I think it depends. I think. Um, I think uh, music videos maybe it's easier to like reach out to the artist directly because like I think a lot of I, I, I feel like a lot of um, other directors I know who have kind of wanted to work with a particular musician especially small smaller musicians like or smaller kind of indie bands are quite like open to working together and but it probably means you're not going to get an amazing rate but it can be quite a good way into like making something and getting your work out there. Not that I support working for like, you know, 300 quid, which is often what happens with music videos. But yeah, some, sometimes they'll have they'll have a bigger pot of money put to the side. But um, yeah, I think on the whole, I mean, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this actually, because I'm really bad at promotion. I guess as well with the, with the studio, they will come to you, they'll be like, they'll go, they won't go to you directly, is it? You'll like... You know, you won't have to find clients as much as the clients will probably. Yeah, so I think the way it works with an agency is there's a lot of pitching involved. So they're coming to an agency and then they'll kind of decide what directors they want to like throw into the having the ring, and then one of those directors will pitch. So it's all it is all a bit kind of hit and miss, but yeah, on on the whole, the, it's another great plus of being signed is the agency is kind of has got those contacts with clients, is has those relation like exist pre existing relationships with clients and then is kind of reaching out to other people and kind of constantly marketing. So that's kind of almost being taken care of for you. Um I do think I'm I'm still I don't know what you guys think about Instagram getting getting you work. I'm so like on the fence with it. I'm part of me is like it absolutely must get you work, but then I'm like, does it? Does it or <laughs> I mean I think it's like one of those like those things where I feel like it does and doesn't like for some people it does and for some people it doesn't and there's like yeah. no rules <laughs> like you've got yeah. to do all the things and then one th- of them works I think that's true actually yeah I think just do as men do yeah do all of it that's the best advice <laughs> well, I do, but I mean Sheetal you I feel like you were saying I think in the last one that you the music video came about from Instagram yeah the music video came through Instagram um the tape came through Instagram, and then oh, well, there you go. My, there's my, <laughs> my my theory is is being yeah. It's it's good to know. Yeah, and then I randomly got to pitch on a project for TK Maxx that I didn't win, and that was they found me through Instagram. So it's sort of it's random, yeah. How you fit whatever they're looking for. Oops do Instagram and everything else. Yeah, and, yeah. And do it all. <laughs> do it all. I was going to ask you, Hannah, um, the last project we worked on together just before Christmas, did they contact you or did you? They contacted me um, 
But I'm afraid it was through nepotism because I knew the guy who ran um, the PAL TV, which is the studio. Um, so I had like a loose connection to him. But it was it was still, I mean, we haven't been in touch for years. So it was still really nice that he thought of me and reached out. And um, yeah, I think... That's a really lovely project. Was it was a really nice project. Mm. Oh yeah, I was going to say as well, I think... I think Vimeo has, I mean, I don't know about now, but like Vimeo's definitely served me well. And like Megan, who works at Vimeo, there's a lot of supportive people who work at Vimeo that have like played a massive hand in like uh, promoting a lot of particularly female directors and really supporting and championing their work. So yeah, I, I think I've been really lucky in having that additional support from Vimeo team from like quite an early point in my career. Oh, that's so nice yeah I feel like their staff picks do still have like quite a bit of weight isn't it but yeah it's nice to like yeah I mean it's good to also reach out to people I imagine um like people at Vimeo or people at another sort of um like it's nice that old places like them and sort of build connections that kind of can be quite helpful yeah and I think like people don't know you until they know you and in a way yeah, I think it can feel quite intimidating to like kind of cold email someone. But I think if you've done your research and you've got like a showreel and you've got examples of your of your work, I think it is worth reaching out to people. And I think on the whole, they do get back to you. And even if it's just to say, oh, it looks really nice. There's nothing, there's, you know, nothing at the moment. But I, th- I, I think as well, like being at the forefront, I've seen like a pattern in my career where I think being at the forefront of people's minds really is a is a thing. I think you kind of do need to remind people that you exist and you're making work. And um, especially if you've had like quiet patches, you kind of, I think you have to make that extra effort because there isn't like the latest job you've just done kind of continuously coming out every month to kind of remind them. Yeah, and I guess new directors. Yeah, and then it's like on to the next, on to the next. So I think it is good to like remind people that you're still making work and doing stuff yeah and what you're up to yeah oh that's good that sounds great well we just have one last question um which is a nice one um when do you think about music for your films do you have a playlist you listen to when you're working on your films double barrel question (laughs) that that is a nice question (laughs) nice musicy question yeah like how does uh, music play a part in your films so do yeah when do you think about music for your films I guess the music video obviously had its own soundtrack with uh, Tate was that um did they provide music or they did that was all done by them um the project I'm on now which is the first time I'll get to see music made from the beginning so that'll be exciting. Um, for this project, I sort of made a mini playlist of what I liked, or what I envisaged, and sort of like depth of music, if that makes sense. And um, we'll pass that to the person who's going to be doing the music for this project. And hopefully, um, I think they start in about two weeks, so I'm going to be on the journey for the first time to see what it feels like to kind of experience it because it's yeah this is this is my first rodeo so I'm nervous and excited and all of it to see how it pans out that's so exciting yeah I mean (laughs) I guess Hannah do you have any tips for Sheetal then as someone who has yeah I feel like it's been kind of a mix of kind of what Sheetal was saying where sometimes like the agency will source all the music and maybe that's more common I don't I don't know I just completely depends with who you're working with I guess um but yeah I think it is the nicest feeling when you get your you get to see your film back with like music that's been composed especially it is bananas and yeah I there's just incredible composers and musicians and sound designers in our industry so I've got to work with some amazing people but yeah, I don't know. I feel like sound isn't my strength, to be completely honest. I actually find it really hard to think about music. And it really... But yeah, like she, I usually make a little playlist, like Sheeta said. Like I think just having references and kind of knowing the rhythm and like pace of... Yeah, and the, the tone, obviously, of like what, what you're kind of trying to say. The audience, I guess, is important. 
where it's going to sit. I think all of those kind of things inform inform it. Um, oh, that sounds. I mean, yeah. What was for your mountain is waiting? How did the music come about for that? Was that um... actually that was yeah that was more like a very a clear vision. I think I had a much clearer. I think because it was a personal film, I had a much clearer idea of what I wanted, and I knew I wanted to work with um, a very good friend of mine who's an amazing musician Kerry Leatham and and I think it's quite rare to find female composers and sound designers as well so that was something that was really important to me um but yeah she is very has like a very um yeah her her music is quite like yeah no extremely atmospheric and like yeah quite an emotion very emotive and um I kind of knew that she would I feel like she can say quite a lot with using quite like little if that makes sense so like just like it's like the chords that she uses or like the particular instrument and she has like a very analog tech like approach as well like I quite like the experimental approach like she'll kind of record stuff on tape or like play things backwards and then re-record over it. like there's a lot of kind of analog ways of working which really appeals to me and I think kind of spoke to me in terms of the the, the subject of the film and that was all kind of handmade um hand-drawn animation but yeah, I had a lot of references for that, like as as well, just from music that I like listening to. And yeah, I do listen to music whilst I work. But I I listen to a lot of podcasts as well, especially if I'm doing cleanup um, or design. I think I like I love a podcast. I can't. I feel like this industry is built on podcasts. If I'm honest, <laughs> I know. I know. We're single handedly keeping the podcast industry alive. I think. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh my God, it's it's kind of obscene. I feel like all I listen to is podcasts. But that's all the questions we have, guys. Yay, um, we did it. <laughs> I was just going to say, really appreciate you guys coming back. And yeah, I hope it was good. Oh, thank you so much for having us, Beth. Yeah, thank you. A huge thank you to Shootel Thanky and Hannah Jacobs for answering our questions. It's been such a lovely treat to catch up with them both. I really hope you found it interesting. Thank you to you, the audience, for listening and sending in your questions. We really hope you enjoyed the Q&A. We look forward to hearing your feedback. Stay tuned for our next episode. And from everyone at She Do That, thank you for listening. Thank you.